Hey guys, happy Sunday, um, self-care Sunday, I like to call it. Obviously I didn't come up with that, um, it's actually an Instagram thing, obviously. Um, but I've really been embracing it. Um, so I like to start the day by not setting my alarm. I still wake up at like 6, but still, because my body wanted to, <laughs> not because I had to. Um, get all my meal prep done, <clears throat> and then I like to go for a walk or do something like that. Um, this morning I actually went and did a breathwork session with a couple of friends. Um, you probably remember a few weeks ago, well longer ago than that actually, I had um, Siobhan on from the breathwork shed. Um, and yeah, so I went there, did a session with her. Really interesting stuff came up for me today. So I guess I kind of had this overwhelming sense that I've kind of got stuck in some sort of comfort zone. Um, which is kind of terrifying. Um, I guess, you know, I guess that's my biggest fear. I mean, this is another fucking Instagram quote, but it's very relevant in this context, so I'm just going to use it anyway. Um, is not fearing failure, but being afraid of being in the same place that you were a year ago. Um, and I think for me, that's always rung really fucking true. Like, I'm so scared of... Um, not evolving, not growing, um, not taking opportunities and I kind of think that I've gotten to a point again in my life that I need to make a change, um, that I need to take the next step. I'm not really too sure what that step is going to be. Um, but yeah, it's kind of, kind of a horrible feeling. <laughs> but I think also for me, I feel really uncomfortable when I'm comfortable. Um, if that makes sense. So I've always thought that, um, you know, feeling like you're on the right track doesn't necessarily feel easy, right? Like it's going to feel hard. It's going to feel uncomfortable. And if you're really trying, if you're really pushing the envelope and you're really like uh, striving to um, achieve your potential or as close to that as you can, like it is going to feel hard and it is going to feel shit. Um, and I think I've just gotten really complacent, um, and yeah, that's something that I'm going to have to fucking change. So I've said it now, you know, put it out there to the universe. So I guess that's what I'm going to fucking do. So yeah, thanks breathwork, <laughs> um, for, you know, delivering those hard truths that we often don't want to hear. So yeah, that's me. Um, so anyway, um, today we've got a lovely young lady on. <laughs> Her name is Amy Reynolds. Um, she is a ninja warrior, among other things. Um, she's been an athlete since she was a child. Um, and I reckon she's got a few good fucking stories of adversity and failure, which is what we're going to try and get out of her today. Um, so, yeah, uh, let's welcome Amy. Hello, everybody. So thank you for coming today. You're very welcome. I look. I'm honoured to to be here, and it was great to get a uh, a message saying Just that anyone's vaguely interested. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, you know what? I see you train all the time. Um, you wear my clothes. <laughs> uh, there are there are worse ways to get in someone's pants. <laughs> so why not come and sit on my couch and talk to me? Um, and then we'll play it for the whole universe. I'm mainly just here to pet the cat. Well, unfortunately he is asleep because it's Sunday and that's what he does on Sundays. But, um, if we talk loud enough, he might join us. So yeah. So I'll start yelling at some stage. 
So, Amy, for those who don't know you, um, tell me something about yourself. How would you describe yourself in like a sentence? What is the most in... interesting thing about you? Oh, goodness. The most interesting thing about me. Um, currently in the process of reinventing myself. I fucking love that. I feel that we should always be in the process of reinventing ourselves, to be honest. I'm trying to do like a full 180. A full 180. <laughs> okay, so what are you trying to go to and what are you trying to get to? As in, what are you trying to leave and what are you trying to get closer to? I, I think there's there's a lot to leave. I mean, the background on me is that I... So I, I fenced for Australia. For... Okay, what is that? Because... <laughs> Is it the one where you're on a horse and you have a stick? No, that 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 is jousting. Is this it? one, your feet are firmly planted That's on the ground. The middle it's the one right. where everyone wears the beekeeper outfits and you poke each other with sticks. So there are sticks. They're they're, they're you know, metal sticks, kind of yeah. like swords. Okay, cool. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, that's a weird one. It's a it's a really weird one. I, uh, yeah, and it's a weird one that if you do while you're growing up, you wind up with like one big bicep and one big leg and a whole lot of spinal issues. It's real cool. It's a great sport to put your kids in. Uh, so you started that as a child? Yeah, so I started that. I would have been about 10, 10. And then um, by the time I was 15, I was fencing for Australia. Uh, and I did that right up until just before the 2016 Rio Olympics. Uh, and then I retired officially uh, last year. And from that, I'm learning to start again. So we'll start fencing again or start something completely different? Oh, God, different. no. If I never pick up another fencing sword Stick. in my life, I will be very happy. They're, they're sitting somewhere in the garage. Where they will stay. Where they will stay, yeah, for the rest of my life. Okay, so that phase of your life is done. It is. The, that chapter is very closed. So did you go – is it an Olympic sport? I know nothing it about is, it. Obviously, it I thought it was one the, the of the horse one. three sports which has been in every Olympic game since it ever started. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's a foundational Olympic sport. It is sport. a fun foundational Olympic sport. Fun fact, also the fastest object in the Olympics after a bullet. A, a, a sword? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so that really hurts. Fuck. Yeah, that would suck. That would really suck. Yeah, there are, I've got a couple of floating ropes sitting around. Wow. So did you did you actually compete at the Olympics? No, no. So I, uh, right before the Olympics, got taken out in medical exams, wound up with a uh, heart condition and got shipped home. So they discovered that you had this heart condition whilst you were preparing to compete at the Olympics? Whilst we were headed into qualification season. Oh, okay. So, yeah. I mean, heading up in, in qualification season everyone is training four to eight hours a day and then so you do that monday to friday you fly out friday night you do a world cup saturday sunday fly back sunday night go back to training monday yeah so everyone is over training so you've got like everyone's got chronic fatigue everyone's sore all the time everyone's tired all the time everyone's a little bit dizzy nobody's really eating enough uh which are all exactly the same symptoms as heart failure oh wow so, so you didn't realize for a so long nobody time. realized i yeah. didn't realize um, until one day I like was having major consciousness issues, wound up collapsing at training, uh, wound up at the doctors the next week and they've gone, that is not overtraining, that is heart failure. And I wound up coming home. Fuck. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I, I mean, I tried to get back into fencing a couple of times, uh, did the next nationals after I'd had about six months off, wound up winning that thought maybe I'll give it another crack. But honestly, by that time, if you miss six months, leading up to any Olympic qualifiers, you're out. 
Yeah, like, I'd say you're so. You're yeah. so far behind everybody else. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's been a uh, been a bit of a journey. Yeah, fucking hell. Yeah. So you know, so obviously you realised that was that dream was, I guess, done, done, dusted, yeah, in the ground. There's no way that you can come back from that, and it's not something that's safe to compete with, and it's not something that they'll let you do any sort of high level competition at, and yeah, just. So how did that affect you mentally, realising that I guess that would have been a dream of yours for a long time to compete at the Olympics? I mean, I had six months in bed to process it. That was, <laughs> that was pretty neat. I, I think for years, years even, I was just so angry all the time. Like I was, like I was just an angry person to the extent where like it would just transfer into other things, like all of my personal relationships, road rage, <laughs> Mate, being road, rage, not... <laughs> road rage is normal and it's fine. <laughs> not being able to open a jam jar. <laughs> oh, well, that no, that's fair too. Also infuriating. Uh, also, like, just use the back end of the knife. Yeah, I figured that out lid. now because I've Googled it. Whenever I do that, though, just I feel like wall. such a failure. <laughs> if I have to do that, I'm really angry about it. I have thrown three jam jars off my balcony. <laughs> <Jesus> <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good way to open them, but you can't get the jam out afterwards. <laughs> no, no, you wouldn't be able to. So I was that sort of an angry person. Like I just hated everyone and I hated anyone who would complain even a little bit about things that they could change or situations that weren't that bad. It was like, oh, I can't do these things because I've got a cold. I was like, there are so many bigger problems. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. So I think I, 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 it wasn't as much the grief of losing my career that I had to deal with it was the anger at the deck of cards that I'd been given because yeah because you could it was not something within your control it's yeah it's a shit deck of cards like it's it's pretty bad but to a certain extent I would think that would be almost better than for instance um not qualifying for some reason of your own like you didn't train hard Just enough not or being you, good enough not yeah. being good enough like it wasn't that you weren't good enough well yeah I mean I, I look back and I go, hey, maybe I wasn't good enough. Maybe it was a little bit of both. But I, I know that I gave it everything I could and I gave coming back everything that I could. But the fact that I had been handed that deck of cards instead of someone who deserved it, that was what made me angry. And it's still what makes me who angry. Who would deserve that deck of cards? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> someone who wasn't trying. Yeah. Those people. Okay, yeah. Like, so. knowing... So, For a little bit of reference, I am treated at the Baker Heart and Diabetes Institute, where they treat incurable heart disease, athletes, obesity-related heart disease, and type 2 diabetes. Think about what that waiting room might look like for a second. Yeah, okay, fair. So when I first came back to Australia, and I'm sitting in there still processing the lack of a potential Olympic career, the lack of my identity as an athlete... Um, being, so I'm in, I'm in, still in pain about 60 to 70% of the time. So we're talking chronic pain, chronic fatigue, still trying to deal with all of this. And I'm sitting there going, I did not do this to myself. So I think that's, that's what I mean by a shit deck of cards. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I didn't, there's nothing that I did. It's like getting cancer yeah. when you, lung cancer, sorry, when you've smoked for 10 years as opposed to just getting lung cancer. Yeah. Like if I got lung cancer, it'd probably be my own fault. 
it, yeah, that's hundred percent would be my you probably couldn't be mad at the world. You could no. probably be mad at yourself. Oh, I'd still be annoyed at You'd the world. You'd still probably be annoyed, but unjustifiably. Yeah, I smoked for ten years. Like, of course. It's, yes, fucking, I mean something's probably going to happen. Yeah. Whereas, like <laughs> me, <laughs> whereas me being, I mean, I've been an athlete. I've, I was born and bred athlete. I've been in most of my memories of sport. I've been in sport since I was tiny, tiny, tiny. I have done nothing but take, really, compared to most people, impeccable care of my body. Yeah. And yet my organs don't work. So yeah, I mean, no, that's fair. Anger is pretty... anger is what happens when that, when that happens to you, and you throw jam jars off the balcony. Oh, that's my fridge, guys. Oh. <laughs> Hello. It's the jam jars. <laughs> <They're mad> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fridge is just uh, joining us for this episode. <laughs> um, so, would you say that you're less? How did you come to terms with that anger, and or did you channel it, or are you still angry because you seem like you might be a little bit? Somebody's. <laughs> Not gonna lie. <laughs> um, when I think about it, when I think about it, I'm definitely still angry. Um, but I think I've rephrased a lot, and I've really changed my priorities as to what's important in life. Um, and I think I'm a lot more of a happy person now than I was when I was so angry all the time. Uh, but I, I guess time heals everything. Not yeah. heart disease. Still can't cure that. <laughs> but, That's but amazing. It, <laughs> but it does change being as mad about it yeah, as time sure. goes on. Yeah. So from, you know, you obviously continue to do sport after the whole fencing. I, I did take about thing. six months off. For sure. Because I was sleeping like 17 to 20 hours a day trying to heal some organs. Didn't yeah, work. Didn't work. But tell you what sleep in 17 to 20 hours a day is a fun time yeah that does sound quite amazing it's pretty good so and then what next how did you kind of re-motivate yourself to rejoin some sort of um athletic pursuit um i'll be quite honest i got bored yeah fair i got really bored i like sleeping that much awesome great time heaps of fun um but you just get so sick of it so i started i started walking a lot and one day i was just like you know what well, i'm just gonna try and run to the next tree um and i think i was exhausted by the time i got there but the next day i was like yeah i'll run 100 meters and then i'll run 200 meters and i'm just gonna keep ticking away at that i think the first day that i ran a full kilometer i cried for longer than it took me to run that k yeah but the concept that i was getting out of bed and i could start walking up the stairs without i used to have to sit down halfway up because i was so tired all the time and the fact that I could get up the stairs by myself and I didn't have to sit down in the shower. like Although that can be a good time. I still do that sometimes. It's fine. <laughs> when I have a sad shower. When I have a I sad shower and you just have to put on a bit of music in the background. Mate, feels. I love a sad shower. <laughs> but I was having a sad shower every day. Yeah, okay. That's so the fact the that I didn't have to take involuntary sad showers anymore, that was, yeah. that was pretty good. And then from that, I started doing a whole lot of um, obstacle course racing which is eventually how I wound up on Ninja Warrior and doing the Spartan Race stuff. And yeah, cool, cool. All that. Uh, and then I, I started CrossFit, which was a really big jump. I won't lie. That was – it's a we've, – we've seen many – you've seen me pass out on the floor at CrossFit. It's, I have, um, yes. Yeah, that's a um, fun time for all coaches involved. 
Well, you know, I mean, everyone needs a bit of a pass out and a cry CrossFit <laughs> sometimes. Um, I'm interested in the Ninja Warrior um, experience. You know what? I went to Bounce a couple of weeks ago. You're basically qualified. I'm basically, well, let me tell you. So they've got like a course, right? And it's like a Ninja Warrior course. It, they, you set a timer and you try and do all these obstacles. And I had no like, oh, I'll be good at that. I was like, no, no. Because people always, you know, assume like, oh, you're strong. You'll be able to do this thing. It's a very different It's a completely unrelated strength. That's a fear thing too. It's, it doesn't, yeah. Well, it also, it just doesn't, doesn't translate over, Not you know. So I was like, well, I'll give it a go because lol. And if anything, it'll be just a good laugh for everyone around. Fair. So they're the, the ones with the rings that are hanging and you've got to like grab a ring, swing to the next ring, swing to oh, the yeah. next ring. I was like, well, I can hold my own body weight. And I can swing and I can hold a ring. Theoretically, so, should be fine. Theoretically, I should be able to do this one. So I swung, I grabbed the ring, and then I swung back and forth with one hand on each ring, just like a Forever. like a hippopotamus. Good pendulum. Good. Yeah, and that was. <laughs> and then I got from one ring to the next ring. And then I couldn't get to the third ring. And I was like, you know what? This shit is fucking hard. Good. And yeah. I was um, impressed by your achievements. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Um, so, yeah, guys, if you do want to try it, if you do think, oh, yeah, I'll be good at this, you won't be. Spoiler alert. Oh. But do try. I mean, give hilarious. it a go. Yeah. Pro tip, like most things in life, it's all in the hips. It was all in the <laughs> hips. And because my hips weigh like... 50 kilos. You should have a lot of inertia going Yeah, well, on. I just, so the much. timing has always been my issue. <laughs> but your experience obviously was a lot more successful. Uh, not when it comes to the TV version, but otherwise. Oh, see, I've never seen it. I've never seen it. They, I was one of those people that they did like a 15 minute backstory on. And then I competed for about 30 seconds and fell in the water. It was real cool. But I looked really good doing you it. You would have. It yes. Was, there was not a lot of clothing. It, it was it was great. Yeah. Cool. So well, if you're going to look it up, thing. look up the photos. Don't look up the video. That's the, Actually, you know what? I was telling a workmate that you were coming on the podcast today. And he was like, oh, Amy Reynolds. I'm going to Google her and Googled you. And we were like, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't see any videos of you falling in the water. We were see? just admiring photos of you wearing not much. There we go. So if you want to Google me, head to Google, put in Amy Reynolds, click on the images part, not the videos yeah. part, and you'll be good to go. Yeah. And then slide into my Instagram DMs. Obviously. Unless you're creepy. <laughs> and don't do the images part because I just... That's why I mainly don't check my Instagram DMs. No, that's fair. You don't want to check those requests ever. It's ever. not a fun time. Sometimes... No. Okay. Sidetrack. Go on. My favorite thing to do when I've had a little bit too much to drink is go into my Instagram DMs find these photos that people send me, track down their Instagrams, take them to their Facebooks, find their mothers, and then just reply with a screenshot of their mother's Facebook profile. Oh my God, that's in a really elaborate burn. But it's amazing. <laughs> you know what? That is the equivalent of, I used to work at Video Easy. That's how old I am, right? And you get people who had late videos. Um, so you'd have to call them and tell them they needed to return their videos, obviously. Rewound. Um, and often they were like adult titles. So my favorite part of the job was to call the person and often like their mum or their wife or someone would answer and I'd be like, um, yep, this is uh, Sarah calling from Video Easy. Can you just please let um, Steve know that he's got a uh, she male road trip seven <laughs> and it's actually four days overdue. And the titles would always be like, that's, a, that, that's an actual <laughs> title, by the way. She what? Male, she male road trip 
Seven. Why are we not watching that in the background? Well, that sounds like a dog. <laughs> hey, they don't know that we're not. <laughs> the fact that there's seven, that's the seventh one. So there's obviously been six prior We could ones. do this podcast all day working. <laughs> My question eight. is, is it seven different road trips? Or is it one, <laughs> road, one road trip? One road trip. Because like it didn't make sense if it plus. was road trip one going there and road trip two coming back. But seven. <laughs> is that like seven weeks? Where are they going? I don't know. It's either a really long journey or they might take short trip. I don't know. Anyway, that was my favorite part. That's what it make, reminds me of. Um, but yeah, I've, I mean, I've had a bit of uh, DM experience. Normally it's fun. the old love heart eyes or flame emoji. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite um, unsolicited internet comment that I've ever gotten in my life was after they aired Ninja Warrior and they put my run up on the Channel 9 Facebook page. And still to this day, my favorite comment that I've ever gotten is that I'm all tits and no talent. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm, oh, I've mate. fully embraced it now. It really upset me at the time. But now I, I use it as a, a hashtag on Instagram. All tits, no talent. <laughs> I That's am, fantastic. I'm all tits and no talent. I'm no tits, some talent. <laughs> and that's the title of our episode. Well done. <laughs> that's so good. Um, you know what? Interestingly, uh, this leads me into something else I wanted to talk to you about. Because being a woman with an athletic build, as, uh, as you do small house. have. Yep. Um, how often are people dicks um, about that? Because I just got into a bit of an argument with someone yesterday in a shop. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing with Well, no, I was p- purchasing an item, which I won't share because it's for, for a Christmas present for somebody. Okay. I was in a shop. Not because it was Gmail road trip. <laughs> <laughs> the box set. <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm going to Google it. I'm going to Google it. I wonder if you can. That's what I want for Christmas. <laughs> Mate, if I find it, that's what you're getting. Anyhow, I was buying a non-pornographic item. And the woman who was serving me, for some reason, she was talking to me about... I was wearing, like, a weightlifting hoodie, you know. She was talking to me about weightlifting and um, what, you know, a friend of hers who could lift a certain amount and, you know, whatever. She was impressed by her. And I was like, yeah, yeah, cool. We were just talking about that. And the guy who was working in the shop just piped in, putting his fucking two cents, wasn't even part of the conversation, goes, yeah, but does she still look like a woman? Mate, I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, honestly, I was like, why is that relevant? And he was like, oh, well, you know, because women, they need to look a certain way. And oh, I don't funny. like it when they're, I don't like it when they're muscly. I was like, oh, you don't like it when women are muscly. Oh, God forbid you don't like it. I will just what hand you my woman card right what now. What the fuck is that? It's like, who do you think you are dictating what woman should look like? Man, yeah. I was, I'm still mad about it. It was like a good 24 hours ago. <laughs> if there was a jam jar right now, by God, I would throw it. <laughs> I would fucking throw it from the... Ground floor. But <laughs> oh, we're really strong, so we could throw we it. We are really strong. <laughs> I'd fucking throw it over the road. But yeah, so I find, and also being, you know, I'm not a skinny size eight, you know, kind of chick. That you know, you get these opinions, and you get people saying that you look too too bulky, mm. and your ass is too big, and your legs are huge, and you know, I mean, I take it as a compliment when someone tells me that my like my legs are looking really big because I'm like that's strong yeah sweet awesome that's they fucking... can crush a man's head like a grape um... 
like that fucker in the store. In the DVD, <laughs> in the, in the DVD, in the DVD store. store. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if it's even on DVD, because this is back then, it was on video, so... We'll, we'll go full elaborate, we'll get a video player. Blu-ray. Blu-ray. Um, yeah, I think, look, I'll admit it's certainly much more difficult dating now than it was... I mean, if you had seen me, gosh, it would have been four years ago, and I was, like, size 8, 10G boobs... Platinum blonde hair. That's some big boobs. It was. I That's was fucked. very top heavy, um, but still had that sort of athletic. No talent though. Too much. No, no talent, talent though. though. And this no. is where all tits, no talent came from. <laughs> Everyone's going to be googling the fuck out of these images right oh now. God. By the way, just, mm-hmm. good times. Good times. Great classic kids. Uh, and dating then was both easier and more difficult because everyone wants to date someone that looks like that. And then you sleep with them and run away because you're done. That's all you want. Whereas I think now, yes, it is far more difficult to find anyone that actually wants to date someone that's built like a small brick house. The quality of the people that do are probably much more in line with the people that I would rather be dating. Yeah, I think that's fair. It's actually a good way of weeding out the cunts. Yes. It is just much more difficult to find them because you also shouldn't date anyone that you train with. Yes, another... (laughs) There's a another great topic. There's your, there's your takeaway we, from which that, which we may not go into. No, um, for obvious reasons. But let's talk about your athletic um, career now and what you're focusing on, because you're doing CrossFit, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess this will take us into what what my sort of main focus was was for today. My athletic focus now, um, in sort of slowly returning to competition and. Becoming an athlete is not to be a cunt. That's my whole goal. I have no athletic goals. I have no running goals. I have no competition goals. I just want to be nice. I think the most pivotal moment of my entire life was when everything went wrong. And I, bearing in mind, I was living in Paris training at the time. Um, when did the, hang on, when did Paris come into it? <laughs> skipped over that one. Um, I lived in Paris, um, on and off for about four years. The biggest chunk of that was a year right before Olympic qualifying season. And that was where I got super, super sick. Yeah. Okay. So I was right. overseas at the time just to yeah. add into the clusterfuck. For sure. I, just a road trip. Just, <laughs> just a road trip. Just a road trip over there. Um, so I was, I was over there. The only people that I'd ever interacted with over there were people that I was training with or competing with. Um, and yeah, I think the most pivotal moment of my life was lying in a hospital bed attached to tubes and wires and not being able to translate what was going on and having no idea what was wrong with me. And nobody was there Fuck. because I was such a horrible person to compete with, to train with, to be around because everything was focused on winning and the fact that everybody else's successes were my personal failures. And it made me such a horrible person that when I nearly died and when everything went wrong, nobody was there. Nobody. I think I still have two of the same friends now than I, that I did before I got sick. Wow. Um, so in coming back to competition now, I think my main worry is stepping out on a competition floor that I will become that person again. Yeah, okay. So all of the athletic goals in the world do not matter if you cannot be a good person doing it. That's so fucking valuable. I think, like, I mean, I've 
I've never been an athlete like you or anything like that, but I've certainly got into this like really shitty mindset when I've been like so obsessed with training and so obsessed with achieving whatever I want to achieve that relationships in my life or like other aspects of my life have just like been less of a priority. Mm. So um, I can definitely relate to that. And it's a very easy thing. It's to so do. easy to fall into. You find that the moment that the stakes start to get even a little bit higher, people start to get emotionally invested in their results. Everybody turns into this, this crabs in a bucket sort of deal where, and you find, especially in women's sports, people are, pushing each other down to build themselves up yeah 100%. and that's all well and good if you get to the top of the bucket but if you're an asshole doing it what's the point yeah because you're not going to have anyone uh, cheering for you when you're on that podium no nobody cheers and tell you what if you nearly die nobody cares fuck yeah i think that's would you say that that would have been the positive thing that came out of that experience i then? think absolutely so i think now walking into a competition hall not aiming to be the best but to be the nicest that has changed my entire life that's awesome so being more supportive of others achievements yeah, God, yeah. yeah. cheer for your teammates cheer for people who aren't your teammates cheer for the people who are beating you yeah because that that is what it's about everybody is out there fighting their own battles and i'd far rather support everybody else and have them support me than beat them and have everybody hate you yeah mate fuck you yeah. 100% <laughs> because I've been that person I've been that person on the top of the podium that people hate yeah and I've but been is that, that person because you're successful or because you actually weren't a nice person because I feel uh, because I actually wasn't a nice really? person okay. I will I will tell you that now I think looking back on my last competition season in which I actively went for and broke a girl's kneecap fuck <laughs> <laughs> So we're, we're putting in, in phrase here, not a nice person. Um, like we've been to training camps where we've been sat down and I have learnt to identify a person's mental weakness and take them down in a sentence or less. Jesus Christ. And that is something that you learn to do as a professional athlete and something that I was really, really good at. And I'm sure that, I mean, I'm a firm believer that you are the sum of everyone that you have ever been. For sure. And I am probably still that person somewhere. And really, really trying not to be. I think if you've been like trained for that, then it's, it's yes, super effective. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. I think like the sports that we like that we're in as well. Like they're so like that. Like people can be so, so fucking like nasty. So I spend a lot um, of time biting my tongue and yeah, just trying to be supportive rather yeah. than to be a dick. I mean, I think like one of the reasons I left CrossFit was because of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I just... I'm slowly figuring out that the crabs in the bucket also applies to recreationally picking things up and putting them down again. And it's, yeah, I mean, uh, one of my issues with CrossFit, I guess, is everyone thinks they're an athlete and they're not. I oh, mean, you train an hour a day, you're not an athlete. I have had so many people, especially at CrossFit, say, you are training too much. My God, you're training twice a day. I'm going... It's, it's two hours. That's less than half of what I was doing on a slow day. Yeah. You are not a professional athlete. And there is no point in taking other people down to feel more like one. No, definitely not. And I think, yeah, that for me, that's what it kind of became about. And, and then I just had this like crazy ego where I just like thought that I was so much more important and so much better than what I was um, and I like look back at some of the, the 
things that I did and how I acted and I just fucking hate that person. Like, I don't want to be that person. Yeah, I'm terrified of ever becoming that person Yeah, it's awful. And just like, you know, I, like a lot of the people around me, I just found really quite challenging to deal with. But then I was probably exactly the same way. Like, I think now, like, you know, where I train now and the sport that I do now, like, I think the main difference that I find is that, like, everyone's so genuinely supportive and caring about others yeah and that's the best place to be like i am so excited whether you're cleaning 100 kilos or 30 because what you are doing has no impact on what you're doing your successes are not my failures no not at all and everyone's on their own fucking journey and if Mm. someone was to compare themselves to you for example i mean you have like you know almost what two decades of experience in, in sports yeah so someone walks into the gym and they've just learned to do a snatch for the first time and they're looking over at you and you're comfortably snatching 60 kilos well if they're feeling like it like they're shit well that sucks it's, man yeah. like they you just can't even compare yourself to somebody else i think that's one of the reasons that i much prefer what i'm doing at the moment and that's not not to bag crossfit as a thing like mm. I think that there's a, it has a lot of merit and I think it builds like really strong communities and really positive communities. Um, but then on the flip side, those communities can become really toxic as people get better. And I think uh, that's yeah, the I danger. Sometimes <laughs> it can be an incredibly toxic community. Yeah. And I think that's, that's mainly due to the fact that people forget that, you know, is someone else being good doesn't make you bad. Yeah. I think that was the main issue I had with it is that like, People just couldn't genuinely be happy for your achievements because in their mind it made their achievements lesser. Absolutely. But so. that just doesn't Absolutely. even make any sense. No, you know? not at all. I mean, it's an individual sport. Like, I understand if you've got one real shit teammate, you might get a little bit mad at them. Getting mad at someone whose athletic achievements have nothing to do with you just because you're insecure about your own doesn't make you feel better i can tell you now from experience it makes them feel like crap having been on both sides of the equation having both taken people down and probably more so now being at the other receiving end of that i just i just don't see the point yeah no that's fair so where do you want to take your crossfit career do you want to be no don't care just i I would have fun i want to be happy and i want to be nice yeah like i'm done I'm so hyper aware that I'm done. My heart disease is incurable. I've done a decade of international competition. My joints are tired. Like, as far as I'm concerned, my athletic career is in full retirement mode. And I'm I'm quite happy sort of competing recreationally and having a bit of a dick around. But if it ever, ever, ever gets to a stage where I start to become that person again, I'll just be pulling the pin on it. And that's fine by me. Do you think that you could potentially say that you could compete in sport again though do you think that like having that awareness now that you would be able to do so without becoming that person again or does it scare you too much i think so i think i'm i'm pretty terrified in general and i'm much happier doing sort of team competitions and comps where i know people because i'm much more likely to pull my head in yeah um but yeah very much so that you are the sum of everyone you've ever been and that person is probably still there yeah, I feel the same about my like previous addictions that I get really nervous about having a drink or being in that situation mm-hmm. um, because I know that that person's still in there and I don't trust that they're not going to come back. Yeah. So it's always a fucking, 
Oh, yeah, I know. like you know that there's a part of you that's like that, and they're never gonna, it's never gonna go away. Mm. So it's about trying to put, I guess, measures in place to stop them yeah. from coming. Yeah, back. I think, um, yeah, as far as goals go, um, uh, the the doctors have told me that the better condition in which I keep the parts of my heart that do work perfectly the safer that I am and the less the symptoms will be. So goal one is to stay as fit as possible. And that is probably why I train as much as I do. Yeah. Goal two is as one of the leading causes of sudden death syndrome. FYI. Hey, all my mates that are listening, ticking time bomb syndrome. Here we go. Um, is that if something does go wrong and that does happen, that at least one person shows up to my funeral. <laughs> May also be at your funeral. Thank you very much. You promise you, quite a range of five years ago, you to... would not have been. <laughs> you know, I often think about what photo someone would... You know how they have the board with the person's oh, photo at yes. the front of the funeral? That's Do you want a tit one or a non-tit one? <laughs> um, I want one of me lifting with three chins. <laughs> Amazing. I just want one of Graham. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'll take the back. I just can want someone, a photo of my dog. Can someone, can you bring pets to a person's funeral? Uh, well, that's my, so the one benefit of having a cause of sudden death syndrome is I get to plan my own funeral and tell everyone about it in advance. Everyone has to bring their dogs. And if you don't have a dog, you have to hire a goat. <laughs> and why a goat? Have you can never seen Graham? a goat? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, goats are awesome for sure. You can bring Graham. But if you don't have a, a dog or a Graham, you've got to bring a goat. <laughs> Is there like a goat hiring? I don't know. <laughs> well, you'll be dead. That's my problem. <laughs> and everyone has to get really drunk. So you literally, you literally have to plan your own funeral. Well, I mean, yeah. no, but thinking about it's hilarious. Oh, obviously. Because can you imagine the pandemonium of a hundred goats at a funeral? You know, you think a hundred people are going to come now. <laughs> it's better than one, isn't it? <laughs> And if there's only Who 50 people, you are? we'll can the... some ego on you, mate. 100 <laughs> people. We'll can the goats and everyone's got to bring a friend. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's fair. That's fair. So, like, if we think about this, these impending funerals, what do you want to accomplish before, before that? Obviously, nothing competitively in terms of crossfit. Nothing what competitively. What about personally? What about personally? Um... I think personally, I would like to make a positive impact on as many people as possible. Um, and those things can be tiny. I think people forget that the positive impacts that you can have in a day just by saying something nice to or about someone. Like I like to every single day make a conscious effort to say something to someone that will make them smile, regardless of what that is or who it is. And that's so I've been doing a, a fair bit of work with um <laughs> You'll find them on Instagram as the super nice club. Get around it. Oh my God. Okay. Um, yeah. In which the effort is to be 10% nicer as a person every day. Okay. And I would just like to leave a positive impact on as many people as possible because I think, yeah, people forget that smiling at someone or saying something nice about someone or just giving a fuck about the people around you has such a positive impact. That's my goal. I want to give enough of a fuck about the people around me that they feel better about themselves. I fucking love that. Thank you. I do like smiling at people. I might, that's one of my things that I do, especially because I look kind of <laughs> as I look. I like. I feel like I need to smile more to counteract the fact that I look like I might stab you. Uh, so I, if it that, helps, I'm very good at stabbing people. 
It's almost like you I did it be. professionally for almost. a really long time. On the flip side of the being nice club, we have the good at stabbing people club. <laughs> I'm the nicest, most dangerous person you'll ever meet. <laughs> I love that. Also could be the title. Um, do you have any other mind goal gems that you'd like to share with our massive oh, audience? Our massive audience. Yeah, your goal, okay, your goal is to have 100 people listen to this episode. Can they all come to my funeral and bring a goat? <laughs> 100 people, not 100 goats. <laughs> I won't register if a goat listens. <laughs> oh man, I've, I've got the giggles too hard to give my goal. Okay. No, you got um, this, mate. You got I've this. got this. I've got this. Um, I think my takeaway message is that as much as it is important to be a good athlete, it is infinitely more important to be a good person. And if you start to get to a stage where you being a good athlete is starting to impact that, I think that it's time to take 50 steps back and have a really good hard look at why you're doing it, what your goals are, and whether they're worth nobody coming to visit you in the hospital when you start to die. Fuck. Yeah, that's a heavy heavy one. You're welcome. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm also a heavy one. (laughs) Fucking same, mate. Same. I feel like a giant dumpling today. I've got like 10 chins. I mean, now that I've started lifting properly, making heavy singles jokes is especially more funny when you're doing gymnastics and you are a heavy single. <laughs> I'm just a heavy fucker. I'm I'm a heavy single. <laughs> but I'm a really nice heavy single. Well, that's, you know, it's, and that's it's what like matters. that saying, right? I'm sure your mum or your dad must have told you this. Like, it's nice to be important, but it's more important, important to be nice. I'll share some mind goals from my mum. You Go, ready for it? All right. Yeah. Uh, well, my mum always says, if you can't be good, be good at it. And if you can't be good at it, don't tell them your name. It's literally taking me a second or two to, like, figure that one out. <laughs> if, you can't be go- if you can't be good, be good at it. And if you can't be good at it, don't tell them your name. <laughs> Am I just an idiot that that confuses me so hard? I was struggling to say that she Laura also says a nice sentence. I was like, no, which one is it first? She also says don't do any of that marriage or heroin shit. Marriage or heroin? Yeah, yeah no, that's fair. Having done the first one. Yeah, don't do any of those. Not fair. Says mum. What's your mum's name? Kerry. Thanks, Kerry. She's pretty great. <laughs> No marriage or heroin fads today. Yeah, no. She came to watch me compete and uh, she asked me why I was picking heavy things up just to put them down in the exact same spot and if I could move the pot plants from her balcony instead. So also do things productively with your lifting. That's true. Yeah. Use it for good, yeah. not evil. Use your lifting skills for good, not evil. Yeah. And smile at people while you do it. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. You are so welcome. Thank you for having me. I look forward to seeing you not crying in the corner. <laughs> so unlikely and wearing my clothes yeah well both of those things are guaranteed because i like wearing your clothes and i'm really good at crying in the corner so am i mate (laughs) uh guys have an awesome sunday um thank you so much amy for coming on and sharing all of the gold and guys shemale road trip (laughs) seven if season one through seven if there's not an eight we'll make one Ooh. (laughs) We, it is only 1pm, there's time. <laughs> Have an awesome mind goal filled day, guys. Bye. Bye.